Hi, good morning. Uh, welcome to Lake Point Church and happy Easter. And we are here to celebrate the resurrection of Jesus. And uh, we're so glad. I'm so glad that you're here. Uh, my name is Pastor Scott, and, and uh, I'm honored. I'm honored that you came here today. You could have picked lots of great churches today. I mean, lots of great churches are celebrating the resurrection. And, uh, but we're honored that you came here and, uh, and to be our guest. And, uh, and thank you. I met some of you on your way in. And, uh, and, and, and so, so glad that you're here. We had people uh, early in the service. They drove all the way from Port Huron. They were invited by someone to come from Port Huron. And they're here to, they were here in the first service. Last night we had a service and a well-attended crowd. All three services just uh, Amazing. Our worship team, was our worship team amazing today? Yeah, let's give it up for them. And how about that cello? We had a cello in church. I mean, that is awesome. And, uh, you know, it was just great to have all of our musicians. Uh, they worked so hard. Our tech team in the back, and just, uh, just grateful for all the hard work that they did the last, uh, in, the, in the past week. And, and, and so, just a, a blessing for us, you know, to be able to just um, worship God and, and, and that they use their gifts and talents. And, and, uh, and so today, we're just glad you're here. If this is your first time, as you came in, um, hopefully you got a program, and inside that program is that connection card. You take that connection card, and make sure you drop that card in, in our, one of our giving boxes, and uh, you can drop that in there. And every card that gets turned in, $5, go to disaster relief. And, and, and that will help those, that will help those in Missouri and Mississippi where tornadoes have kind of ravaged the southeast the last couple of weeks. And so this is a great way for us to be a blessing um, and, and to be a help to, um, to those in need in the southeast. And so, but we're glad that you're here. And, uh, and, and today we're going to do an Easter message. And I've got behind me what we call a mirror. How many of you recognize a mirror? Right? How many of you look at one already today? I hope so. I hope we all look at yourself today. And, you know, it's just kind of natural for us to have, you know, for us to look in mirrors. We love mirrors. You know, I mean, what would life be without mirrors? You know, and, and you can't help yourself, right? When you walk by a mirror, you can't help yourself but to look. You know, and some of you are, uh, some of you are more secretive. You know, you just take a quick glance, you know, at yourself. You don't want to look, you know, too egotistic, you know, egotistic you know, and, and too full of yourself. And so it's a quick glance, you know, but for some of you, especially in the mall, you know, or, or the gym, you know, you, you walk, by a, by, walk by a mirror and you just stop. You know what I'm talking about. Some of you are laughing because it's you, okay? You stop and you, you check yourself in the mirror, you know, you're checking your hair, you don't do the hair thing, right? Right, you know, you know, look at your teeth, make sure your clothes looking good, making sure you're styling okay. You know, maybe, maybe you're one of those that like to flex. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, come on. Um, not me. I don't do that. You know, I don't want to do that. Okay. You know, but we we got mirrors. They're everywhere. Right, they're in our homes. They're in our cars. Right, they're they're, they're at the office, in the gym. And they're everywhere. And we love mirrors because it shows you an image of who you are. And every time you look at yourself in the mirror, every time you see yourself, I want you to know that you're looking at the only you that has ever been created. You are uniquely made. The Bible says that we are God's masterpiece. 
In other words, we are one of a kind, a Picasso, a Monet. You know, you are valuable, created by God, a masterpiece. And every one of you, you, you're your unique person, you're unique you. In fact, as you look at Pastor Scott, you're looking at the greatest, the greatest Pastor Scott you've ever seen. Because it's only me. This is it. There will never be another carbon copy of me. There will never be a carbon copy of you. God has created you uniquely with your, with your, with your looks. God has created you uniquely with your style, with your personality. Some of you, you know, your personality is, is crazy. Some of you are real calm. God created me with my personality. I'm a little, I'm a little quirky. I, I overthink a lot of times. You know, that's just how God wires me. God, God also created me to have two bad ears. Because I'm 80% deaf, okay? It's just how he created me, how I am. He created me to have a British accent. <laughs> I'm from America, all right? It's, uh, it's just how I am made. It's how I am wired. And God has created you. In fact, Psalm 139, it said this, I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Oh, my friend, you're a masterpiece. You're a masterpiece. In the beginning of mankind, Adam and Eve, the very first human beings, when God created them, the Bible says God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. God created Adam and Eve to reflect, to mirror the majesty and the glory of their maker. And every one of us were mirrors. God created us to reflect the majesty and the glory of God. And everything that we say and everything that we do. And Adam and Eve, you know, they understood what Colossians chapter 1 said. They understood that they were created by God. And they were created for God. They understood, Adam and Eve, every time they communicated, every, every time they laughed, every time they, they work or take a nap. They were reflecting, they were mirroring the majesty and the glory of their creator. And everything was going great in the Garden of Eden. They had perfect fellowship with God the Father. But then one day something bad happened in the garden. Adam and Eve, they elevated their will above God's will. They raised their will above God's will, and when they did that, they sinned against God. And when they sinned, this marriage that they had, crack, it broke. Sin came into the world. The Bible says 
in Romans chapter 5, verse 12, just as sin entered the world through one man, Adam, and death through sin. And in this way, death came to our people because we've all sinned. You see, here's the problem. Man sinned, rebelled against God. A God who is holy, a God who cannot look at sin, had to turn his back, close his eyes, because of a crack mirror. And Adam and Eve, and ever since then, mankind has been trying to fit their broken mirrors. Because sin came in the world and messed up the whole deal. It messed up that perfect reflection that they had of God and sin came into the world because of Adam. And ever since then, your mirror, my mirror, all of our mirrors have been cracked because of sin. Maybe your mirror cracked because of anger. Maybe you got some anger issue going on. Anger had caused you to sin. Maybe, maybe you're married crap because of pride. Got pride going on. Maybe, maybe you're married, maybe you're crap because of jealousy. Maybe you're married crap because of greed. Maybe your mirror is crack. Because of a little white lie. You said, God, just a little lie. It doesn't matter. Little lies. White lies. I know it's tax season right now, right? We like, we like to fudge the numbers. <laughs> Got to fudge the numbers a little bit, right? <laughs> oh, we've got lust. Oh, that's a big one, right? Divorce. Sin, all happening, brokenness happening all over the place. Bible says, for all have sinned. Every one of us have sinned. And notice what happens next. We have fallen short of the glory of God. We, we can't even see God no more. Our, our image of God is broken. We have fallen short. Our lives does not reflect the glory of God in our lives. Broken. Broken. And you know what happens when things break in our personal lives? You know what we do? When things break, what we do? We, we want to fix it. We try to fix broken things. You know, we, 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 you know if something breaks in the house, you know, we, we, before we call somebody and pay a lot of money, we want to figure it out. And this is what happens in our lives. We try to fix it. We try to fix our broken life, our broken mirrors. We say, hey, I can figure this out. And so what, what do we do as mankind? We, what, what mankind has been, you know, we, 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 we read books. You know, we try, to, we try to listen to podcasts. You know, maybe podcasts, maybe there's, there's a secret to fixing this. No, we'll, we'll watch uh, a, a DIY video, right? Do-it-yourself video. So I, I, I'm going to do this on my own. Oh, we might go to counseling and, and see if we can get some help. Maybe someone can help us fit this. 
and we restore our mirrors in mint condition. And, and, and we keep looking and we keep looking, and, and all those things might be some good to it, but it doesn't restore the mirror. We, we go to pop culture and we listen to music. Oh man, there's some music out there that talks about Christian things. I think of a song from Coldplay. Something like Coldplay, what that? Well, Coldplay, they got a song called Fit You. Someone's like, yeah, I like Fit You, okay. Said, I listen to that song, it fits you. I want to get fits, and I'll get someone to fit me, and I'll fit them. That's a good feel, good song, but it doesn't fit you. And if Coldplay's not your jam, maybe country music. Now, country music got all the good stuff right there, you know? You got country music, you got Rascal Flat, right? They got Rascal Flat out there, got some, you know, and they, and they got the song, Bless That Broken Road. We want to get things broken. We want to fix brokenness. And if you're country music of the 90s and Billy Ray Cyrus with your jam, <laughs> with the mullet. I'm talking about mullet Billy Ray. You know, some of you got inspired by Billy Ray Cyrus and you got yourself a mullet back in the 90s, okay? I didn't. Not me. I was smarter than that. And Billy Ray Cyrus wrote a song called, you know, Achy Breaky Heart. We, 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 we sing songs about brokenness. We, 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 we say, hey, how can I fit my broken mirror? You know what else we do? We try religion. Religion will fix it. Religion will fix my brokenness. Religion will take care of my problem. Also, we, we think, hey, if I, if I go to church... I put my money in the offering. Uh, you know, I, 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 I do good to the poor. You know, I, I, I feed the homeless. I get involved. I serve. I take communion. I get, or I get baptized. And that's all these things are, are, are good things. But the more we do, 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 because religion is all about doing. And the more you try to do, the more you try to fix, the worse it gets. The worse it gets. The Bible says in Isaiah 53, verse number 6, that we're all like sheep. Every one of us was sheep. We have strayed away. We're wanderers. We have wandered away. He said, we have left God's path to follow our own path. We think, I'll figure out my own mess. I'll figure out how to fix this. And we get on our knees. And we start trying to pick up the pieces. Trying to restore our broken mirror. And the more we try to fix it, the more hopeless we get. The more frustrated we get. You say, hey, I, I did some stuff and it feels good for a little bit, but then it wears away and we still have that empty hole in our heart. You say, we're trying to fill that hole. But that hole can only be filled by one thing. And we'll talk about that in just a second, but we're trying to fill that hole with stuff 
and nothing seemed to fill that hole. And so we realized that we need someone that's bigger than us to fix our mess. We need someone bigger than us. You know, I have two kids. Got a 16-year-old, and I have a little 10-year-old. There she is. And, and, and they love their Legos. Lego toys. How many parents, you know, you have kids that love Legos? Right? Hey, you know, nothing works. There is not a greater pain in my life. <laughs> One o'clock in the morning, you're walking through the house to get a cup of water, right? And you walk through the family room, and there's that one Lego block that did not get picked up. Y'all know what I'm talking about? <laughs> Walking through, it's like stepping on a piece of glass right here. Ow! <laughs> you know? <laughs> nothing, nothing cool about that, one o'clock in the morning. My kids, they get their Legos set. They want to do it themselves. It, uh, you know, I, I want to help, but to know that I got this, I'm okay. And they get done and they start on step one. Step one is easy, right? Find this block, find that block, put it together. Easy. But step number 10, I hear a little voice. Oh, daddy. Oh, daddy. I said, why, Abigail? He said, I need help. I've messed up my Lego set. I said, you want daddy to come down to help you? Yes, please, daddy. And I get on the floor. I have to see what's broken. I have to see what she's messed up. I have to go back a few steps, undo a few things. Before you know it, I fit step number 10. And then Abigail, okay, daddy, I got it. I got the rest of this. You know, it, Legos get harder as it goes along, right? That's okay. There's only like 100 steps in this thing. I'll sit back on the couch, read my book or whatever. About a half hour later, oh, Daddy, what, what, did, what did she realize? She realized that when she was in the gym, that Daddy could come in and help. And in the middle of our brokenness, my friend, we do have someone that wants to help. We have a heavenly father who is bigger than us, who still loves us, who sent his son Jesus, the sinless son of God, to come to our rescue. Listen, my friend, God didn't have to do this at all. God could have deleted us from the screen. God could have said, I don't want to mess around with people with messed up mirrors. I don't want to mess with it. I don't want to deal with it. He could have just wiped us off, but he didn't. He sent his son Jesus. The Bible says in Romans chapter 5, verse number 8, that while God demonstrated his love toward us, while we were still sinners, while we were still breaking our mirrors, while we were making a mess of our lives, while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. And Jesus came and he mirrored the majesty of God in every perfect way. 
In fact, the Bible says in Hebrews chapter 1, verse number 3, that the Son, the Son of God, is the radiance of God's glory. And there's that representation of his being, sustaining all things by his powerful words. Jesus was talking to the disciples. And he said in John chapter 14, he said, anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. What Jesus was saying is this. He said, listen, I reflect, I mirror in a brilliantly, in a brilliant way. I reflect the heavenly Father in every perfect manner. And he lived his life for you and for me. A perfect, sinless, flawless mirror reflecting God in everything that he did and everything that he said. He healed the lame. He, he, he made the blind see. He made the leper cleanse. He preached the gospel and the good news that the kingdom of God was coming. And he, a crowd of people started to follow Jesus. And people were following him and listening to him, getting baptized and following after Jesus. Lives were being changed, and the religious people of Jerusalem, oh, they hated Jesus. They hated that Jesus was getting people to follow him and not them. And so they looked for ways to kill Jesus. They looked for ways to trap Jesus, and they accused Jesus of a crime that he did not commit. They brought him to trial. They rushed through the court system in the middle of the night. Early in the morning, they beat him, they whip him, they pound a, a crown of thorns on Jesus' head. The Bible said that Jesus, he was unrecognizable, bloodied and grapes cut all over his body. They made him carry his cross to Mount Calvary. He couldn't get out of the way. He couldn't carry his cross out of the way because it was so heavy. Someone came along and helped carry that cross. They took Jesus to Mount Calvary and put his body down on the cross. They took a nail and they pounded the nails in his hand and his other hands and his feet. They put that cross up. They drop it in a hole. Every bone in his body shook in pain and agony. They put two thieves, two criminals, one on each side of him on a cross as well. Jesus bloodied, naked, on a cross. And they hung there for six hours. You know what he was doing for six hours? He wasn't trying to just survive. He was doing something so much more. See, when he was on that cross, he thought of you. He thought of you. He thought of David, Karen. He thought of Lauren. He thought of me. 
on that cross and look at every one of our broken glasses, every sin that's ever been committed. So I'm dying for that sin. I'm dying for that peace. I'm dying for that peace. Every broken glass of your mirror, you were paying the price for. You know, Jesus could have come down at any point, son of God. I said it last week, you walk on water. He was the miracle man. You see, it wasn't the nail that tapped him on the cross. It was love. And the hunger, and the Bible said that the Holy One, he who knew no sin, became sin for you and for me. All the broken glasses of this world were being put on him on the cross. And at the same time, the wrath of God was poured out on him. The Bible said that he took the iniquity of us all. He took every sin and he wore on him. And then six hours on the cross, right before he breathed his last breath, he cried out, it is finished. It is finished. It's a little word for the Greek word. It's the word tetelestai. Oh, it's just a powerful little word. See, the word tetelestai is for a word, it's a for a Greek runner after he ran a hard marathon. And as that Greek runner would run across the finish line, he would raise his hands in victory and he would cry out, Tetelestai! And what he was saying was, I've, I've ran the race and I've won the race. Tetelestai! I have finished the race. There's another application here. Tetelestai was also used when a person who owed money for a piece of property, and every month he would make a monthly payment, a mortgage, so to speak. But when he goes to the lender one last time to make that final payment, you know what he would say? He would say, Tetelestai, I have paid my final payment. Debt has been paid. Oh, I hope you see the application of this. That when Jesus was on the cross, when he cried out, Tetelestai, if you were standing there by the cross, you had to shake your hand and say, what is he talking about? Because he's about to die. He just cried out a victory cry, and it looked like he was losing. But all Jesus knew, he knew what he did because he finished paying the debt of every broken Glass of all mankind. It is finished. The Bible said he bowed his head and he died. He didn't swoon. He didn't faint. He died. And I took the lifeless body of Christ down from that cross. And they put him in a borrowed tomb. That's right, borrowed. He only need to borrow it for three days. 
Three days later, the lady showed up at the tomb. Nobody was expecting nobody. Because when they got there, there was nobody. Because three days later, Jesus had rose again. He conquered sin. He conquered sin. He conquered death. He had conquered the grave. He had won it all. He said, I have paid the price. I have finished it, and I sealed the deal with my resurrection. The resurrection of Jesus Christ is the good news of Easter. It's why we're here. But here's the real good news. Is that you can take all the broken glasses of your life and you say, God, here it is. I need you, someone that's bigger than me, someone who reflects the majesty of God in every perfect way. And you pick up every broken piece of your glass and you lay it at the feet of Jesus, at the foot of the cross. And you say, here it is. Take my life. Take my broken mess. The Bible says that because of his finished work on the cross, when we make the decision to receive that finished work, our Heavenly Father, he refinishes your meal. He refinishes my meal. He has changed the old for the new, gives you a new life. It restores you in mint condition. He says, God, how can I do that? How can I, what, what do I need to do? He said, not about what you need to do. It's already been done. Finish on the cross. Bible says here in Ephesians chapter two, verse eight, so powerful. He said, God saved you by his grace. What grace? Grace is God giving you what we do not deserve. My friend, we don't deserve this. God saves you anyway. We, we deserve to stay in our brokenness. But God, in his grace, gives us this. He saves you by his grace. We don't deserve this, but he loves us anyway. When, look at what it says, when you believed. Isn't that awesome? It's not when you do. It's not when you try to fix it yourself. Because this is impossible to do. You just can't. You need someone bigger. When you believe that Jesus died on that cross and his finished work on the cross, he died for you. He said, then you can't take credit for this. It's a gift. It's a gift from God. Let me ask you a question. You work for a gift? No. This, this, God's greatest gift for us. And you can have this if you believe. Look at verse number nine. It says, salvation is not a reward for good things you've done. 
You don't get this for being a good man or a good woman. You don't get this for being baptized and doing communion, feeding the homeless. You don't do this. Salvation, not reward for the good things we've done. You get it? Salvation. When you believe. When you say, I can't do this on my own anymore, God. I need you. Come into my life. Be my Lord and Savior. Look at verse number 10. Don't you love it? For we are his masterpiece. See, God never gave up on you. He never gave up. He wants to restore the masterpiece that we broke. He said, he has, look at this, he has created us. What's that next word? A new. Restoration. New mirror. Look at the next three words. In Christ Jesus. See, my friend, I, I, if you haven't got it yet, if you haven't quite figured this out, let me help you. Jesus changes everything. That's it. He changes everything in Christ. Not in your good work, not in the church, not in doing this or doing that. It's only found in Christ Jesus. Second Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. If anyone is in Christ, the new creation had come. The old it's gone. Praise God. The Bible says he takes our sins and our broken mirrors and he casts it into the deepest part of the sea as far as the east and from the west. He remembers our sins no more. He takes our broken mirrors and he just changes for the new one. The old is gone. The new is here. And today, there may be someone here today. You came to church on Easter Sunday with your broken mirror. And you've been trying to look for restoration, hope. You're tired of trying to pick up the broken glasses. Your hands are bloody from trying to pick it up, trying to figure this out. And you're frustrated. The good news is today, as you leave, before you leave today, you can make the swap, the old for the new. How you do it? Believe. You trust Jesus that he did it all on the cross. He didn't just do a down payment and say you got to figure it out, figure out the rest. He made the first payment, the middle payment, final payment. It is finished. I trust in him and his finished work on the cross. And through his finished work on the cross, he refinishes my mirror. And once again, your masterpiece can reflect 
the majesty of our wonderful Creator. You're here today, you need Jesus. Make this Easter a day that you'll never forget. Make today a day that will change your life, not just for this life, but for eternity. With head bow and eyes closed. This is God, today you're talking to me. Today I came in with my brokenness, my cracked mirror. And today, I want to give my life, and I want to give it to Jesus. I want to ask Jesus to come to my life and be my Lord and be my Savior. And if that's you today, we've had people last night, people in the first service, you wouldn't be the only one that did it today. There were people that today, they gave their heart to Jesus. They pray the prayer, I call it the sinner's prayer. But they simply believed. And the quietness of their heart, they pray. And you can pray right where you're at. In the quietness of your heart, you can pray a prayer like this. Just, Dear God, I'm a sinner with broken mirrors. I've got broken glasses all over the place. I don't even know who I am anymore. I'm lost. But today, I'm tired of trying to fix my mirror. I'm tired of fixing my mess. I recognize my sin. And I recognize that you died for my sin. You were buried, and you rose again. And so today, Jesus, come into my heart and be my Lord, be my Savior. Forgive me of all the broken sins, the broken glass that I've ever committed, and give me a new life, a new mirror new hope that can only be found in you. Thank you for salvation. Take me to heaven when I die. Head bows, head bow and I close. Says God, I pray that prayer. Never prayed that before. But today, I ask Jesus to come into my life to be my Lord and Savior. I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm not going to call you out. I'm not going to make you stand up. But if you pray that prayer, I just like to see who you are. Will you raise your hand? Will you be so brave and say, I pray that prayer. I see that hand. I see that hand. Anyone else? I see that hand in the back. Yes, ma'am. Thank you. Anyone else? I pray that prayer and I ask Jesus to come into my life. I change a heavenly change. I see that hand. Yes, ma'am. Thank you. I made a heavenly change from the the old to the new. Anyone else? Four or five hands today. Oh God, we thank you for salvation and for new hope. We thank you for those that made decisions today. I pray that we help them grow 
and a new relationship with you. Oh God, we ask you help us, all of us. Some of us are Christians today. We're struggling. Our mirror has been clouded. Oh God, I pray that we can ask you to come in and wipe it clean again and give us a new look, a fresh perspective of your glory. We celebrate those who made decisions. And God, as we close out our service today, may we lift high the name of Jesus, the King of kings, and the Lord of lords. In Jesus' name, amen.